so much for your word, and, uh, and I pray that you'd open it up to us, Lord, and teach us the next flavor, the next step of what we need to travel through tough times uh, and to do that with uh, excellence and grace and the power of your Holy Spirit. <coughs> and Lord, I pray that your, your Holy Spirit would rest on me to bring your word to your people today through Jesus Christ. Amen. And a highway shall be there. It's a, a place in the wilderness. And a highway shall be there. And it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. And then over to 2 Corinthians. And we're going to begin with verse 16, the second half of verse 16. For we are the temple of the living God. As God says, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing. Then I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. May God bless to us these readings from his holy word. Well, this Isaiah 35 is actually one of my favorite passages uh, in the book of Isaiah. Uh, and I really felt uh, many times in the past that the Lord has spoken to me that, that, this, is a, uh, that this text is something that applies to us as City Temple. Uh, and I've really resonated with the whole idea of a wilderness. And in fact, in those days, the wilderness obviously was the desert. But I've actually suggested a couple of times that today the wilderness is more like a city. Because when you think about it, there's so many people in our city who feel alone, they feel isolated, even though they're in, you know, amongst millions, literally millions of people, uh, it can be a very dry and desolate and difficult place for a lot of people to be in. Uh, and so in many respects, when I look at wilderness teachings in the Bible, I often apply those to an urban context. But they can also, the whole idea of wilderness can also be applied to tough times. Because when we go through tough times, we feel like we're in a wilderness. It can be a very difficult, dry, draining experience where we just feel like we're grasping for breath. We feel like we're clinging on for dear life. We, we don't know where our next resources are going to come from. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, and it can be really challenging when we go through tough times. In fact, it's so common and so challenging that many people, many people throughout history have referred to tough times as a wilderness experience uh, that we've gone through. And I really believe that in the tough times that are, that are coming, and I don't know what shape they're going to take, obviously. I, I'm not uh, making a lot of prophecies on all of this. But in the tough times that are coming, uh, many people will feel, including many Christians, will feel like they are in a wilderness uh, and so we need to ask, what does it take to travel through a wilderness, and how is God providing for us to travel through a wilderness? 
And we see this right here in Isaiah 35 in the passage that we wrote, that in this wilderness, God provides what he calls a highway of holiness. A highway of holiness. Now, what was a highway back then? A highway tended to be an elevated road that minimized hills, you know, the ups and downs that you had to go through, uh, and they tended to be uh, a quicker way to go. So, uh, so a highway would tend to be straight. A highway would tend not to have lots of ups and downs. Uh, the Romans actually, uh, in the ancient world, perfected this idea of highways. And even today, we here in the UK benefit from all these Roman roads. And you can often tell the Roman roads on the map, if you pull out a map and look for any road that's straight and seems to minimize ups and downs, you know that that's a Roman road. And many of them are called uh, Roman roads, or a lot of them are called London Road, because back in Roman Britain, uh, all roads led to Londinium, as all train tracks today lead to, to London. So this idea of a highway is something that helps us to travel through a wilderness uh, more effectively and, and in, a, in a way where we can experience God's blessings, even in the midst of the wilderness. And this highway, according to God here through the prophet Isaiah, the highway is called holiness. It's called holiness. And there are many misconceptions about holiness. And to understand holiness, we must remember the twofold uh, challenge that I gave at the beginning of this whole series, that we have to focus on Jesus and be filled with the Spirit. Without Jesus and without the Holy Spirit, we will always come up with a legalistic understanding of holiness that begins to depart from the reality of the Word of God. And one way to think of holiness is not, it's not about what you, how you dress, although it can be. Uh, it's not about you know, the kind of food that you eat, although it can be. Uh, it's really uh, the whole idea of holiness is something that contrasts this biblical concept of the sacred and the profane. Now, the sacred was anything that God approved of, that God's blessing was on, that set us apart for God's purposes. So in that context, sex between a husband and wife is actually sacred. In that context, having a great meal with friends is sacred. There's nothing wrong with it. It's a blessing. It's a sacred thing. The contrast to that was profane. And profane was anything that would contaminate our relationships or our lives. That would be profane. You know, so we use that word when we, we, we swear. We call that profanity. We call it profanity because it pollutes our talk. And so sex outside of marriage, we would say that's profane because it pollutes our lives. Um, walking, you know, believing in another religion would be, and trying to be a Christian would be profane. So anything that contaminates us or pollutes us becomes profane. And when we get this contrast between sacred and profane, then we can begin to see what holiness is all about. For example, with work. Is work sacred or is work profane? Well, it completely depends. If you are working in a field uh, that is generally God-honoring, it, it promotes something good in society, and if you are working to your best, your work is sacred to God. You are engaged in a holy activity. 
But if you would come and say, oh, yeah, I, I opened up 10 brothels last year, and, and I'm making a lot of money, and I'm giving all that money to charity, doesn't matter. That would be profane. You know, so uh, if, you were, if you were working in a, in a job that actually was cheating people out of their homes, out of their property, that would be profane. But if you were working in a job that was helping people to get better homes or get on the property ladder uh, in a responsible way, that's something that's sacred. So this whole idea of sacred and profane that is holy and unholy you know, it has a lot more fluidity as well as a lot more nuance than sometimes we think. So how do we know? How do we know the difference? How do we know what is holy? We know that because of the Bible. The Bible gives us the outline of what God understands to be sacred and what God understands to be profane. And much of what Paul wrote about uh, in the scriptures tries to you know, help Christians navigate between those two concepts. Before we dive into that, though, we need to understand that there are then definite blessings for those who are in holiness, who practice holiness, especially as we travel through tough times. There's definite blessings that, that uh, Isaiah talks about here. One, holiness keeps us on the right path even when we act foolishly. Um, I know a lot of Christians that live in fear of Oh, am I going to step off the path? Am I going to do something stupid? Am I going to make God angry with me? Uh, and they really wrestle with that. But the blessing of holiness, according to Isaiah here, is that God keeps us when we're practicing holiness. God keeps us on the path. So even if we do something foolish, even if we do something stupid, God picks us up and keeps us on the path and keeps going. Even when we make a mistake. Even when we fail, God picks us up and cleans us off. Even if we stumble into sin, not saying that sin is right, but as we stumble into sin, if we return to holiness through repentance, God picks us up, cleans us off, and does all that through Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for us so we have forgiveness of sins. A second blessing of holiness, according to the prophet, is that holiness gives us protection from the enemy. When we are walking in holiness, we have an extra layer of protection around us from the schemes and attacks of the devil. It's one of the, the surest things that protects us. Holiness, and another thing that's really, I think, is a great protection is generosity, which oftentimes goes together with holiness. But if we're walking in holiness, God sovereignly protects us so no, no wild animal, no enemy can get up there and affect us on the highway of holiness. The third blessing of holiness, walking in this holiness, is that it ensures our joy. It gives us joy. It allows us to go forward in joy. Uh, when, we, when we live our lives, we can live our lives in joy. So there's definite blessings of holiness. But in order to receive the blessings, we have to practice the holiness. And we practice holiness, again, always with our eyes fixed on Jesus and being filled with the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. And Paul tells us three things that are essential to our practice of holiness. The first thing that Paul tells us is, effectively says, you need to remember who you are and your promises, God's promises over your life. We must remember that we are God's sons and daughters. 
We must remember that God loves us. We must remember that God is our Father. We must remember the promises that we have in Jesus Christ, that there's eternal life, there's a heavenly home, there's a future and a destiny and a hope for us in Jesus Christ. If we are not remembering who we are and the promises of God over our lives, it's impossible to live a holy life because we will always want to wander into sin because sin almost always seems more satisfying than holiness in the short term. But in the long term, holiness is the place of blessing. Paul tells us the second thing we have to do if we're going to practice holiness is we must cleanse ourselves from every defilement. Cleanse ourselves from every defilement. And these are things which either demean you or pollute you. Some things demean us and some things pollute us. Now, for example, there were times as a, as a child when I'd misbehave, especially if I'd mistreat somebody, uh, I would have an adult, a responsible adult, say something like, Rod, that behavior is beneath you. You know how to behave better. So what I was happening, my behavior was demeaning me, was lowering me. And so we must always avoid those activities, those behaviors that demean us. But we also need to be careful of those things that pollute us. Well, what are we watching? You know, are we watching 18-rated films and thinking we can get away from that, get away with that? You know, what are we filling our minds with in terms of the things that we're reading, uh, the TV shows that we're engaging with? And by the way, not every TV show that has... Uh, that doesn't have nudity, violence, or uh, swearing in it is good. There are some TV shows that really pollute our minds and our hearts in very subtle ways through comedy and other things like that, uh, and we have to be careful. We have to always be on guard for those things that will pollute us. Every defilement of either our body, that's sinful things we might do, or our spirit because those things sink down deep inside of us. One thing I've learned about Karen over the years, and, and by the way, some of that's going to be slightly different, not massively different, but slightly different for us. You know, for example, there's some television shows that Karen cannot watch after a certain time at night because it will affect her dreams. And so she has to be careful. Now, I don't dream hardly at all anything that I can remember, and so it's a little bit different for me. I'm not saying that having a show with a lot of you know, uh, inappropriate content is okay for me and not for her, mind you. Understand that. You know, within the, the bounds of what could be moderately acceptable. Uh, so, so we have to be careful and be really in touch with those things that are going to pollute our spirit or defile our bodies, and make sure that we're staying away from those things, cleansing ourselves, just getting rid of them completely. You know, not just putting that DVD that you may have uh, on the shelf, but actually binning it, and not selling it so that somebody else can get polluted by it. I remember I gave away some books from my library uh, uh, a year or so ago, and there were a number of books as I went through that I've been given over the years, or things that I thought, this is really not appropriate that I refused to give away um, and so I just destroyed it rather than giving it away because I didn't know who might read it and whether they thought it was appropriate or not. So, And then the third thing that's key for Paul, if we're going to walk in this holiness, is we need to have a proper fear of God. 
we need to understand we are all going to give account of our lives before the Lord. And the Lord is a faithful father. Uh, that does not mean that the Lord is pleased with everything that we do. You know, sometimes the Lord disciplines us in this life, and sometimes we will stand before the Lord and give an account in, in, in the judgment day that even though we'll get into heaven, even though we're not going to lose our destiny, we won't lose our salvation, but we will stand before the Lord and we will give an account, and that will be a terrifying day. And so we need to live with this reality that we give account for what we do. We give account for our choices. We give an account for how we spend our lives. And if we live with this proper fear of God, not a terror that God's going to smite us or that he's going to stop loving us, and that, that's an improper fear of God that doesn't understand who God is, but a proper respect for God that honors who he is in his holiness, that will enable us to walk more effectively in holiness ourselves. As we go through tough times, we need to travel on this highway of holiness. We will see a marked difference between Christians who have gotten on the highway of holiness and Christians who are walking down, you know, trudging through the mud and the mire and the muck, going up and down hills and really struggling in their lives. And so we all have a choice. And the choice is, do we want the highway of holiness or do we want the rough patch, the rough path of unholiness? of the profane, uh, which will be a struggle for everybody. And in Christ, the good news is we can all choose the highway of holiness because through his death and resurrection, he has made a way so that we can walk on this highway of holiness and by his Holy Spirit filling us up, he keeps us on the highway of holiness. Father God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the promise uh, and the love that you've shown us uh, in your son, Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, that as we go forth from here today, you would show each of us what we need to deal with in our lives. If there's anything that's not been quite holy, where we've not really been walking with you in a proper and, and holy way, show us what those things are, Lord, so that we can set them down and we can walk before you in holiness. And I pray for all my brothers and sisters here that we together would walk on that highway of holiness with joy, protection from the enemy, and confidence that even if we make mistakes, you're there to keep us on the highway and keep us moving forward through the tough times, whatever tough times we might face. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.